Hello, welcome to another episode of You Had Me at Rom-Com. I'm Jessica Richards. I'm Chloe Jacobs. And this is the podcast where we talk about your favorite romantic comedies and why we love slash hate them. And today we have guest Courtney Blomquist on. Hi! (laughs) Very excited to be here. Yes, thank you so much for coming on. I reached out to you because I wanted somebody good for this episode Boy, I, I mean, I'm so excited that you did because um, I probably was not going to watch this movie um, again unless somebody <laughs> told me to do it for something like this. So, <laughs> so unless it was a homework assignment, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I had never seen it before, and uh, yeah. Love Actually, by the way, Love, it's love actually. actually. Oh yes, it's Love Actually. Sorry, skipped over that. Came out in 2003. Yeah, this movie is so fascinating to me because it's, like, a classic that people are obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. And I have seen it, I would say, over 20 times. Mm -hmm. And I hate it. And I don't know why I've seen it over 20 (laughs) times. And I think it's, like, such a fascinating movie because I'm compelled to watch it every year. And when I watch it, I'm like, why do I like this? Because I don't like it. I know. I felt like, uh, you know... Scrooge watching this to be quite honest (laughs) I was just like I was furious at a lot of a lot of this storyline um but god who doesn't love Hugh Grant though I mean I just love Hugh Grant I'll stick around for Hugh Mm -hmm. Grant well and Emma Thompson I mean they're like this whole movie hinges on Emma Thompson but I think that's why I come back every year yeah uh, Emma Thompson and Alan Rickman, in comparison to every other part, they're so much better. It's such a strong story. The soundtrack, there are some songs in here that'll just rip your heart <laughs> out. It, I mean, like, you know, the Joni Mitchell. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Well, that was so That was so well done. Yeah, also, that- the score, just in general, that's part of why I feel like the score brings me back every year because it's so manipulative. It's so good. And you feel so many emotions and if you took the score out of some of the scenes, like, the emotions are so unearned. Mm. Okay, thank you so much for saying that because I feel exactly the same way. I don't – I actually feel like the score is – I would describe it as um, bloated. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it is swelling emotions where they don't deserve to be swelled. I know, and and I'm the crying pl- and I don't – it's the music. Yeah. It's not the story. <laughs> yeah. So I had seen this in theaters – Chloe had never seen it. Chloe, never. I, I find that fascinating. Well, you <laughs> Me know, too. I had, uh, you know, my dad's watched it a couple times because I remember years, I don't know, maybe it was even last year walking by and seeing like one of the famous scenes and I was like, what are you watching? And was it the card? I feel like the yep, cards is yep. the most famous. He, oh, yep. yeah. And then he explained what was happening in the scene and I said, I don't fucking like that at all. <laughs> and he was like, we have to see the movie and I still don't fucking like that at all. Uh, but but it, it's just, uh, I've heard, it was one of those things that I'd pass by somebody's watching it on the TV. I'm like, oh yeah, that movie. So I finally sat down to watch it. Yeah. What about you, Courtney? Um, I definitely saw it when it uh, when it came out, and you know, and I know my mom loves this movie. Um, <laughs> a lot of people are they really love this movie, and then you know, watching it again, you're just kind of like. I mean, for me, I was like, no wonder I had an eating disorder in high school, personally. It's <laughs> like, oh. just like, oh my how God. many times are they going to make fun of fat people who are not even fat and make a bunch of fat jokes? But I, I couldn't, I could not handle it. It was crazy. That's the craziest part, I think, or maybe the most fascinating part to me when I rewatch this most years is like, yeah. I remember seeing it in theaters and thinking it was beautiful and amazing. And I was, got 2003... 
I was in high school. Yeah. Same, yeah. So I remember the Kira Knightley, which I was very into Kira Knightley, very into the paperboy hat, everything. <laughs> her love story, her vignette, I remember being like, oh my God, that's so romantic. And like mm-hmm. how much in high school I wanted someone to be obsessed with me. <laughs> and then like when you watch it each year, you're like, Oh, no. But, like, every year the things get worse and worse and worse. I know. I'm very curious if I had seen this in high school, how I would have felt about it. I feel like you're right. When you see certain movies when you're younger, they seem a lot more magical. And then you watch them later and you're like, oh, my God. What was I? You know. It's Red Flag City. (sighs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. it's really really bad. I mean, I don't want to. I feel like I'm already like getting into it. Like, yeah. So all, should like, we pick? <laughs> should we pick a yeah. vignette to start with? So we were discussing how we're not going to do this how we normally do, or we go kind of like throughout the movie. We're going to be doing it by vignette. And I was, uh, and so Courtney was saying she's got a Wikipedia page pulled up that kind of shows <laughs> mm-hmm. everybody. And for anyone who hasn't seen this movie, I mean, they should probably realize that, like, in, a, in us talking about this, they tried really hard with this script to connect all of the characters together. Yeah. It, but they tried, like, I don't know if they tried too hard or not enough to make that work or what happened, but, like, I forgot who knew who by the end. I don't know if anyone else had that thousand problem. Percent. There's a diagram. Yeah. <laughs> There's, like, literally a diagram I saw under Google Images. Oh, my I God. Love, I love Karen Knightley. I'm on, like, I'm on board for her in anything. Yes. Was this right after Bend It Like Beckham? Yes. It had to have been. Okay, yeah. let's start with her storyline because I feel like hers is the most like memorable as far as when you think of this movie, you think of the card scene. Okay, so for anyone following along on Wikipedia, this paragraph under plot is the Juliet, Peter, and Mark paragraph. Yeah. This is their vignette. It's her, and then Mark is Andrew Lincoln, who goes on to be on The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> Which I did not realize that had to be pointed out to me because he Crazy. looks so much healthier in this movie than he does in Walking Dead, obviously, because there's not, like, an apocalypse. not an apocalypse yeah. situation. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> and then what's the other guy's name? Peter? Peter. That's Chiwetel Ejiofor. Yes. Which I also didn't realize. So handsome. Yes. And I didn't look up their ages, but Karen Knightley was 18. She was 18 in this movie? She was 18. <gasps> Ooh, it gets more problematic. (laughs) She doesn't doesn't look 18. She was 18. She obviously has the kind of bone structure where she lost the baby fat at an age that she looked so much older. Yeah, maybe. At 18. But then stayed looking beautiful. You know, not saying that, you know, but she just very mature face. She's 18. And then the kid who plays Sam, who's in love with, who is in the drumming, He's yeah. 13. So they're like really close in age, which is crazy. Oh. Wow. Oh, no. Oh I didn't God. think that someone could make this movie creepier for me, but you just did. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Because he looks nine and she looks 25. Wow. That's terrifying. So okay. We open up the movie at first. I just want to say you see it starts out where Hugh Grant, his voiceover, he's talking about love is everywhere. You see people at the airport and they're all greeting and hugging and crying. And then I started crying because I was like, wow, when was the last time I was at an airport? Oh yeah. When I was <laughs> leaving for COVID and, um, and you just think about a lot of that kind of stuff. And I know they bring up nine 11, which is like, eesh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was so weird too. Like my, my husband, Jesse had a theory. Why, Cause he watched this with me saying that 
basically the 9-11 comment might have been like an after ad because um, of the timing of the movie. Like this script could have been written before 2001, essentially. And then they have the nasty U.S. president written into it a little bit already. So maybe it was like their pro-America statement without changing the script that much maybe so well the nasty president which we'll get to he feels like bill clinton he feels like bill clinton yeah Yeah. but like less you know (laughs) likable we get this flash of kira knightley as a bride she looks beautiful obviously um and that's how we're introduced to hers she's getting married and um it's like right after that airport scene so yeah, there's a very romantic wedding surprise where when they're leaving, she's marrying Chiwetelaji for, and when they leave, there's like this big uh, surprise band and gospel choir, and they sing "All You Need Is Love." All you need is the, love by the Beatles. Yep, and it's all Mark. Mark organized this. Mark organized this. Which okay, <laughs> Mark organized this. So he and because Peter, who is getting married to Keira Knightley. Uh, is his best friend. So that's like his grand gesture, right? Like, oh, I'm your best friend. I organized this. Um, and like, just to paint the picture, there is, there's like a, what's it called? Like a, not a, the, the a balcony where the organ is kind of in a church, right? Like whatever yeah. that is. I never that's go to church, everyone... so I don't know what it's called. <laughs> I don't know what it's called, it, but it's typically where like the organ is. I think all these people are up there, they're singing, there's, in, you know, musicians, and then, like, more musicians pop up in the actual crowd. Planted musicians, which I think is so funny that you're you're at your wedding and you're like, well, I don't know everyone at my own wedding. Exactly. <laughs> there's that. And then there's also the fact that it's not like he just hired these people to show up the day of and they knew what to do. No. If he, to do this, he would have had to, like, show up secretly at this venue organize that get all these people there get them to be able to rehearse outside of the actual wedding rehearsal oh yeah. Do you know what i mean i love it i'm on board this is a grand gesture that i think i wish someone would have done at my wedding <laughs> no it's so beautiful and you can't get a better song than that you know what i mean yeah it's the grandest of gestures yeah we're not to me we're not at a red flag yet <laughs> it's sweet and he's got his little handheld camera you know it's 2003 nobody's got their phones out. he's got his handheld camera and he's taken all the video footage of his best best friend's wedding i um i thought it was sweet it would be nice but like don't you think that every bride out there is probably like if that happened to her she would be like this is nice, but, like, I actually did choose our exit music. <laughs> like, I had my own. I kind of <laughs> – I planned everything, so don't step on my toes. You know what I mean? <laughs> that would maybe, be, if yeah. you're, maybe if you're 18, you don't have that yet. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so I feel like it does give him extra friend points. Like, they don't even show his speech. Like, maybe he didn't even give a speech. He didn't have to because he did that, <laughs> you know. Like, maybe he just was going about showing love in a totally unconventional way, which I totally appreciate. I've never seen anyone do that, you know. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I will allow it to live in the world of rom-com fairy tale. Yes. yes. You imagine you're in a wedding you're sitting next to one of the people that's just got a random trombone or a saxophone and you're just like <laughs> this yeah. would totally be like a, a tiktok video now though yeah it's kind of like that the wedding there uh that went viral years ago that where they danced down the aisle that kind of start and then the office they did it on the office yeah 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 but i feel like this is a more innocent um also idea where he's not trying to become famous well we find out he does have motives but <laughs> yeah <laughs> Because at the at the reception, 
uh, Laura Linney, who is in her own story later, but she thinks that Mark is in love with his best friend, Peter. Oh, yes. And that's why he's doing this big grand gesture is because he's secretly in love with Peter. And it would seem that way. I, I feel like that is a valid observation on her part. You know? I would love if that was the story, by the way. <laughs> Same. I yeah. think either way, um, it's this kind of almost bittersweet thing of whether he was in love with the man or the woman, it's still him doing this thing out of just wanting to see that person happy, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's just like out of this pure love like you're just like I don't even care that I'm not the one marrying that person I love this person so much and I want to do this for them yeah so it's yeah right sweet I mean I think also it's like you know but the the video part of it uh again it's just the time I mean at first watching it like that those opening scenes you think that they don't have like a videographer or something because you don't (laughs) see them in the shots or anything but then it's mentioned later that they there is a videographer and that all the shots are turquoise and everything was messed up so um so his you know little camcorder is gonna save the day but I I feel like you know and that's great it was available for that yeah but every other time it's again like you know I'm just picturing who that guy would actually be that's like filming everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) and how he's the guy that's like in the shot of all the I used to film videos by the way or wedding videos by the way okay so I have like a weird perspective on this um but it's like there was always that person who's like, I'm going to film this with my phone. I'm going to film this whole thing. I'm going to be the guy. And it's always the person who's like in the shot. <laughs> that you're trying to get. And I'm like, there's so many people that hate this guy in this room. So we find out her footage has been ruined. And that's when she contacts yes. him. Because she's like, hey, I know that you were there. Mean girl style with the camera, right? You know, like the mom and mean girls. She's got the camera, yeah. the little hand cam. Um, so she's going to go by his place of work. Is that where he is? Well, it's his apartment because he owns that gallery yeah, that they have the, the Christmas gallery. party in. Yeah. Oh, God. I See, I didn't even realize that. They're, it's all connected. Oh, God. <laughs> you need, like, so the, the billboard with, like, the red string I'll connecting you, everybody. I'll send you the Venn diagram that you can post. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, or not Venn diagram, the, the diagram. It's not the diagram, yeah. yeah. But so for me, this is when red flags start going off because he okay. he's so mean. So she goes over... She calls first. Peter calls and is like, Juliet needs to ask you a favor. Be nice. And then when Juliet gets on the phone, he's like so curt. And he's like, well, I don't know if I can help you. I don't, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then she just surprises him because she's like, this guy's a dick and he's never going to help me. And she's like, I need, can I see the footage? And he's like, I don't know where it is. And then it's like sitting there labeled. <laughs> just, just awful. Awkward. <laughs> and she yep. pops it in. But like before she sees what's on it, the way he treats her is, uh, to me, unforgivable. Like, he's so mm-hmm. rude, mm-hmm. even if he is in love with his best friend. Yeah. It's just not okay to treat somebody like that. Yeah, he's very short and very, you know, she even brought him um, British, this British chocolate munchies, I think is what it was. And so she's trying to be nice, you know, and she's obviously dealt with this guy for a long time where we know that she says he's never talked to her. He's always been mean to her. So I had that in the beginning of my dating Brad where he had some specific friends that they just weren't nice to me. They weren't mean to me, but they just I think it was like they had a dynamic and they weren't ready for things to change. Yeah. Yeah. So I just wasn't welcome. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, this is the one where I relate to where I'm like, ugh, you're, like, trying to be as nice as you fucking can. And there's still, like, just nothing is getting through. Yeah. But I didn't get the reveal that she gets. <laughs> I think they just didn't like me. I don't think they were secretly in love with me. <laughs> so they put in the video. Uh-huh. It's beautifully shot. He's, he's got a great eye, right? I he mean, owns a gallery. <laughs> I mean, he definitely is a great cinematographer. Well, I'll, I'll give him that. But it's all her. Lots of close-ups. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Very close. Upsetting. Very close. close. And I'm, I'm just surprised at the capabilities of that seemingly humble little camera. It really did, <laughs> from quite a distance, yeah. get right up into her face. I mean, he zooms in. Doesn't she say, like, it's a lot of teeth or maybe a lot of a lot of me or very close-ups or I don't know. It's, yeah, yeah it's you like stayed all me. Cl- you stayed close, didn't you? You stayed close, didn't you? That's what it was. Then it kind of goes on and she's like, it's all me, you know, and realizes, mm-hmm. like, it's awkward. He's like, you can show yourself out. What does he say to her? He's like, you can. Yeah, well, she's like, but you don't like me. And he doesn't say any response. He just says, like, that he has to go and she can lock up. And then he says something about it's a self-defense mechanism. Yeah. What do you think that means? That he he likes her so much that he doesn't want to risk her not liking him. So he doesn't like her first. Hmm. And that, yeah, see, like, this is where I have an issue with the dialogue in this movie. Like, I feel like I I heard him say that and I was just like, what? Like, are you justifying what you did or what you're doing now? Like, I'm not really sure where you're coming from, you know? It's very Um, grade school. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so upsetting to me. It just is like so many red flags where I think there was a time when I would have been totally, and I was totally into that idea. And then it also gives, as women, us this, like, crazy belief that if a guy is mean to you, it's because he secretly likes you. Mm. Well, they tell us that. Starting in, like, elementary school. That needs to change. I'm not okay <laughs> oh, with yeah. this. I have, I have stuck around too many mean guys because I was like, I bet there's something to this. Yeah. He's just – this is just his little – way of, of tiptoeing Self-preservation. over to ask me out. It's, yeah, exactly. it's just insane. So we, we, we clearly get the idea, this guy's in love with her, blah, blah, blah. But then at the same time, it's kind of so absurd. It's like, but you've never even talked to me. So it's mm-hmm. like, what are you in love with? Exactly. He's, he, is, he has put her on a pedestal because he thinks that she's fucking hot. And she is, yeah. by the way. She yeah, is she's, gorgeous. That's, of course. She is. That's what it I is. I take issue with the way that she did her hair, for, but it was, it was the time. The hair in this movie is a whole other Oh, podcast. yeah, early 2000s. <laughs> well, I do know the, the paperboy cap was a last, which I love, by the way. I feel like I'm glad it's in the movie because it just really resonates for the time. But, Reminds yeah. me of uh, Britney Spears and Crossroads, right? Yes. thousand percent, and I love Britney Spears. Um <laughs> But it was a last-minute add-on because she had a huge pimple, like, she, right in the middle of her forehead. Oh, and that was the only hat they could have that would, like, cover. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, my God. That, what a, that's some good movie trivia, trivia right there. But yeah, so he's clearly – it's like, man, maybe if y'all had a conversation, you would maybe know that y'all are actually aren't even fucking compatible. And then I don't he know. doesn't even stick around to have the conversation. He no. just says something and he walks out and then they play the Dido song, which was the, <laughs> the theme song for Roswell. And I feel something because I love Dido. Like, it's so no, manipulative. you did You felt something with that? Every time he runs out and that Dido song plays, it's that a good song. gets me. It's, it's the song. It's the song. I, 
Okay, this is to me again bloated moment. It's like also like his little walk around and like performance of like squatting in the street and putting his face in his hands oh, with that yeah. song playing. I'm like, is this just a bad m- music video from that time? Are we just gonna go right into that right now? <laughs> That's because so true. That is so true. It, it was just so. It was so melodramatic and so like, oh, let me just escape from having this conversation that she's totally justified in wanting to have and just like melt into my own emotions and narcissism right now because this is all about me with Dido playing in my head and I'm like Dido would be playing in your head yeah, you psychopath. A psycho. <laughs> well, so- as as far as like the movie, it makes me crazy that we don't see Kira Knightley's perspective at all. So Ever. we like she is a yeah. newlywed who is now having to has this big secret that her yep. husband's best friend is in love with her and like yep. does she tell him does she mm-hmm. not tell like there's so much that this has just put onto her mm-hmm. and i find like that conflict really interesting and it doesn't exist yeah yeah no it's they left her voice out of it i yes. mean it, what, who wrote this movie it's richard curtis who did four weddings and a funeral and <sighs> bridget jones Damn. And about time and all well, that. Okay. okay, well, Four Weddings and a Funeral, I don't know if that one, that was a great movie, but the, I don't know if that's based on a book or not, but I know that Brid- Bridget, Bridget Jones, Jones is. Yeah. And I love so, Bridget Jones' Diary. I love it. I love it too, but it, maybe he's better at adaptations than original material. I'm not sure, but it's like, yeah, like, I mean, because I feel like the female side of this whole movie is... Well, I was going to say in general, <laughs> there's so many different stories. You feel like you just get little slivers of each thing. Because like, yeah. I'm like, when, where do we see him next? Oh, when he's, like, going to go do the cue cards, right? Isn't that the next yep. book we get? Yeah. So we just yeah. jump right to... Uh... I mean, we see him at the holiday Christmas party because he's friends with Mia the slutty secretary <laughs> which like was that just established in that moment or did i miss something earlier no i think it, it was, was only there in, yeah yeah so basically when i what i read on imdb was there was another was there were even more connectors mm. and like he was dating her and there was all these other things going on that they cut and but then that's when they when he dips and he gets in the taxi and he's like take me to her house. But I guess he didn't go to Michael's Arts and Crafts first to go get the poster board. We don't see that part where he goes to get the poster board to write the cue cards and to print out the stuff, right? Like he or the magazines to do his cutouts of <laughs> yeah, the woman that he would be dating. <laughs> so he shows up. He shows up to the fucking apartment of his best friends. I got so upset at this. This is the scene that I walked by with my dad. <laughs> Knocks on the door and the husband, what, they're in the middle of like cuddling on the couch watching a movie. Yeah, it's Christmas Eve. Post honeymoon, post honeymoon, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, who's at the door? It's carolers. Well, okay, wait, here's the thing. As an, as an American person, the, the card says it's Carol Singers. And every time I see this, for some reason, I'm like, is that a person she knows? Like, it's Carol Singers. <laughs> yeah, I think I thought that too. Because um, here oh, we Carol say. Carol Singers. We say Beloved it's Carolers. <laughs> yeah, we say Carolers. star. Also, I was thinking about it. If somebody said it's Carolers, then they're just sitting at the with the door open. I'd either be like, oh, and like get up to go investigate <laughs> and hear myself. Or I'd be like, I don't hear any singing. Yeah, well, he plays. He plays the boombox. That's the carol singers. Very That's why quietly, he plays, that. he plays the boombox very quietly. And like, this and is I a feel- very this is a very manipulative guy because he knows that his best friend won't get up for carol singers. He's got the mm. boombox ready to trick. There's like a whole plan here that, like deep down, 
I feel psycho. like this guy. Yeah. What a psycho. Total psycho. Total psycho. And then also it's like, I hated just the imagery of the boombox as well, because that's also making a combat or a comment on um, uh, say anything, like the grand mm. gesture of say anything with the boombox and all of that. So it's like just showing up at somebody's door with the boombox and then you take it the step further with the cue cards. It's like, it's clearly a romantic gesture. Like you cannot mistake it for anything else. And he says so in the cue cards, but it's just like. And it's Christmas Eve getting ready to have their first Christmas together as a newlywed couple. Yeah. So you're going to, she's going to wake up tomorrow and she's going to think about her husband, her brand new husband's best friend came over to like profess his love for her. And then they're supposed to exchange gifts that day. What the fuck, dude? Like, not only that, she has more to think about because she actually ran into the street after he did that and kissed him and then ran back. On the Uh, lips. Kisses him on the lips. To reward that behavior. I thought for some reason, (laughs) rewatching this, I thought she kissed him on the cheek. Nope. And I was like, okay with that because I was like, that's a gesture to be like, I feel love for you. I appreciate Mm -hmm. this, but, but we're family, not not right. gonna you know it's not gonna happen right and then when i watched it again she kissed him on the lips i was like son of a bitch <laughs> like, yeah yeah and the, I, the cue cards are basically just to you know summarize okay. this right here thank you the cue cards this is the most annoying thing to me about this movie and then all of the follow-ups which like valentine's day which are not by richard curtis those are gary marshall but he it's based on this idea valentine's mm-hmm. day mother's day new year's eve each of these movies does this thing, and it's from this one scene where he says, it's Christmas time, and Christmas is when you tell the truth. No, it's not. Yeah, no, there's there's a big through line in this movie of, the of like, professing whatever it is that you're feeling, thinking, acting on, all of that. And that's, like, you know, also the little kid will get to that, but the little kid running through the airport, like, as pushed forward by Liam Neeson. It's, like, he's, like, yeah, go do it. Go break a bunch of laws because love. It makes so much sense. Because it's Just Christmas. Because it's Christmas <laughs> and love. Yeah. How many times have you lied on Christmas about a present you didn't like? Oh, my God. I feel like Christmas is where you tell the truth, really? Oh, yeah. And then whenever you did, if you ever did, how did that go? Not well, you know? I remember my mom gave me a lava lamp when I was 17, and I said, really? And then I felt really bad about (laughs) it. Yeah, it's like, did you get a gift receipt? Can I have a gift receipt? I mean, come on. This is, it's so, it's, it's, it's schmaltz. It's schmaltz that they're trying to. But Christmas, that drives me crazy is that theme through this that it's like christmas is when you tell the truth to people no. i've never had that be a thing I've that i associate with christmas that. so he's like and to me you are perfect which i do love that as like you know young jessica watching this i was like that's what i want someone to write on a card to me so like it's so manipulative because i the jaded realistic part of me and the like high school part of me are in conflict on whether or not this is moving <laughs> or upsetting well, and they've got the 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 cutouts of the models at first, and and it's like, a, yeah, and you're as beautiful as this or something, and I'll love you. And no, it was like, I, like with any luck, I'll be dating one of these women That's in what, a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. vomit, and then it's <laughs> a, it's like, okay, okay, dude, like. And then the next thing is like, and I'll love you until you look like this, and it looks like a dead body. I mean, like a mummy. Yeah, it looks like yeah. a mummy. Yeah. Uh, and then she runs out and kisses him on the on the lips. Which, like, just those two things back to back, those images, it's like, he, he was basically like, oh, ha, ha, ha. Like, it, to me, like, if it ended with the models, I actually wouldn't have had as much of a problem with it because it would have been like, you know what? I'm you're right. I did, 
I did film you a lot. I, I had a thing for you, but with all luck, I'm going to be dating one of these people soon. Sorry about that. Bye. Would have been great. And I would have closed the door and told my new husband, your friend's a freak. <laughs> yeah. Like, and not sure, only that. We need to have I mean, a conversation about like, Mark. Yeah. And like, not only that, but like, he just showed up at the door and he, he straight up like got out the scissors and the glue and he, made, <laughs> and he like put it on poster board. And Well, yeah. But the worst part is like that it's like he ended it with, you know, if like I said, if he did like, oh, I'm going to date these women, I'm going to move on. Okay, whatever. Like, it's kind of weird to show up at my door, but like, great. I'm glad you're going to move on. No, follows up with the dead person picture being like, I'm going to love, love you, you forever. forever. And it's like... like it's also so much of it from like yikes not to be like you know the crazy feminist or whatever but it's like i hopefully next year i'll be dating somebody hotter than you exactly and my love is so pure i'll love you even when you're fucking ugly it's disgusting it's disgusting and then she so much on looks and she goes enough that's enough now or whatever and it's like yeah meaning like he's done with his crush right or it's like enough for now like maybe later she'll get a divorce (laughs) I still like hate that moment so much though, and it, it, it's funny because I love I love that actor. Um, sorry, now I'm losing Andrew Lincoln. his name. Andrew Lincoln. Okay, but it's like he has another asshole moment, like after she kisses him, just being like turning away, not acknowledging her, never even making eye contact, and then being like, "It's enough now," because it's always about him. Yes, you know, like he doesn't think about it's. It's for all the j- grand gestures; they're all to make him feel better. It's not like. They're also, not for anybody else. What was he gonna do with that video? Is that just That's to like exactly masturbate right. to? Like, you know that she was thinking that. I'm sorry, but she watched that and she was like, "Oh my god, you fucking psychopath! You are jacking off to my wedding video." And it's, right, it's before the days of Facebook where you could look at pictures of your crush. <laughs> do you remember how yeah. excited you'd get in like middle school when the yearbook came out? Because it was oh, like, yeah. oh, oh, yeah. oh, there's pictures of my crush and he like him on the soccer yeah. team, you know. And, you know, now it's like if you want to look at pictures of someone you're into, you just get on the Internet. They're everywhere. Instagram, you know, everywhere. Right. So he films her wedding and that's where he's going to get his rocks off. Let's yeah, move that's to the, the next vignette. That, that part is the part that I just – every time I think about the video, that's when I'm just like, ugh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, nightmare. So what – which one do you guys want to talk about next? Let's do the stand-in actors because okay. that – and then right. this is, yeah. it, It's short and sweet and let's just, yes. let's just talk about it. So they open up the movie. At first, I didn't know what was going on, but um, I do love that actor's name. What else? Martin he's, Freeman. He's in a lot. He was a Jim, he was Jim in the original Office, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think Tim. A British Tim. Thank you, Tim. That's what I'm going to say. Adorable. And has done a million things since. And it's so Sherlock and Black Panther and everything. You've clearly, seen. stand-ins for some. Okay. Uh, so here's the here's the question. <laughs> Because I did a lot of research last night because the storyline always bugs me. They're stand-ins. Uh-huh. It, it would, I've been a stand-in. It appears that they're stand-ins because they're constantly getting – there's, like, a light meter next to them. People are – there's a lot of talk about can you, can you move this way or that way because of lighting. Mm-hmm. But then when I did, like, a deep dive to see what the internet thought, a lot of people think that they're – Body doubles. Body doubles. I think that they're body doubles too, because like I used to think they were stand-ins exclusive, like all that stuff. You're right. It's a, it, I feel like it's a misunderstanding or a mashup of two different jobs written by somebody who doesn't understand either one of them, because I do feel like you wouldn't 
to be a stand-in, you wouldn't really have to be totally naked, I'm sure, I'm to saying. do that. Or they'd be I have like... been a stand-in for love scenes, for, le- for love scenes, oh, for sex okay. scenes. And, yeah, I did it on, um, on Marin. And they told, like, when they hired me, they were like, we're hiring you for this very specific stand-in scene. You're going to be doubling for her, or not doubling, you're going to be standing in for her, and there is one of the, the days you're there, it's going to be, like, an intimate sex scene. Mm-hmm. Are you okay with that? And I was like, yes. And then, like, the day of, everyone got super nervous, and, like, they told me and the guy who were standing in for Marin, like, never mind, the actors, everyone feels uncomfortable about this, they're just gonna stand in for themselves, you just get to stay over here and get paid. Oh, so, nice. there's okay. a lot of sensitivity around that stuff out here as far as, like, standing in. I have never been told to take my clothes off standing in. That's what I was thinking. I was like, never. And if they needed to do it for lighting purposes, if they're like, oh, flesh, you would think that they just yes, tell they'll the put person, you in a peach thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put you in a peach leotard, you know, and then the fact that, so I think body doubles probably sounds more right, especially when they're like massage her breasts while, while yeah. you're doing this. But it also doesn't make sense if they're body doubles. Because body doubles are acting out a scene. Yep. And they're not acting. And everyone around them is clearly setting up the scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. It's 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 very confusing for that reason. But they were acting. I mean, like, they were acting it out. Like, they're like, oh, we need the motion. We need this, that, whatever. But it's like, to me, that's why I was like, I, I guess they're just being directed as body doubles. But, like, there's no, like. It's so strange. Especially, too, yeah. because normally a body double for a sex scene is going to be a body double and an actor. Yeah. And then a different body double and the other actor. Because you're always going to see, like, the naked body and then the actual actor's face behind them. Yeah. It's usually not just, like, shots of of, uh, breasts and hands on breath. Like, (laughs) yeah. I know. I think when I first saw this movie, because I when I first saw this, I didn't understand any of these things. Right. So, like, I really thought, like, that they were just – filming like a really expensive porn and planning the shots ahead Very, of time. really planning the shots ahead of time so we get all kinds of angles and throughout it it's very interesting because they're just having very small talk it's it's small mm-hmm. talk they're talking about traffic they're talking about you know and it you know as she's pretending to give him head you know as she's as she pretending to- i think it would have been cuter if it was a porn honestly because then yeah there's something that just feels so weird to me especially being like out here and working in the business it doesn't add up to me all this other stuff but yeah. the idea of like two porn actors who meet on set and they have to do this very intimate thing while having these very like timid get to know you conversations and cute banter like, for the action to be so, like, sexy and filthy or whatever, and then the conversation to be so innocent is a really funny idea. Yeah. But or, like, feels- even a photo shoot, like, for, like, a like a smutty magazine or something, like, yeah. where they weren't even going to, like, you know, if they wanted to keep it away from, like, being too porny, it could have just been, like, on that level where it's, like, all really, like, sexy imagery and couple shots. And since it's Christmas, they could have done, like, naughty Santa, Santa's helper thing, <laughs> like, tied it into the whole theme a little better. And then they have the cute conversation. Like, that probably would have made more sense. But there's, like, a weird morality thing to me where they're, like, well, we can't like porn actors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like we have to they they ha- they're getting naked but they're good people so they they can't do that. <laughs> so you know what I mean? It feels like a little judgy to me that they're trying yeah. so hard to like not just be like they're porn actors. So we never mm, really right. find out what the deal is but he does finally ask her out, you know, while she's per- is it, I think it's when she's pretending to give him head. Yeah. She accepts, you know, to go get a drink and he's like not that I'm like insinuating we have to whatever. 
Um, we don't actually see the date. No, we see them at the end. We see them at the end as he's dropping her off at God. The apartments are so cute in London. I know. They're so cute with the little stoop. The little and, brownstones. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's like, are they going to kiss? And they kind of have this moment and it takes them a while. And it's like, you just kind of are like, wow, y'all simulated all this sex. And then it's so long to just have this kiss and he's going to go in for it. And then he's like, ah, never mind. And then she does. She gives him a kiss. And she, what does she say? She says, all I want for Christmas is you. All I want for Christmas is you. Worst line in the whole movie. <laughs> uh, Mariah Lazy. Carey would say, <laughs> Mariah Lazy. Carey would disagree. No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah. It's very, <laughs> don't be like, her. get your own. She's yeah. Very, she's, she re- wow, she really put herself out there. Can't say I'd ever say that to somebody. Um, <laughs> no. Really, because what if you hung her out to dry and was like, oh, I didn't, you know. Can't. I don't know. I think even if someone I really liked said that to me, I'd be like, I don't think I like you. Yeah, I know. Anymore. It's too much. It's too much. It's like, this is really corny. And yeah. um, so there's the kiss. She walks in and he does the little woohoo kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. There's their vignette. I mean. Yeah. And then they show up again randomly at the kids pageant. Yeah. Why are they there? No explanation. We don't know. We don't and then know. we see them at the airport. They've just gotten married. The month later, they've just yeah. gotten married and they're going on their honeymoon. So. Okay. Well, okay. It all worked see, out. See, I didn't even, I didn't even put all together. Yeah. I was definitely wondering why they were at the kids show. Definitely wondering why everyone was at the airport. There were a few people I understood. We'll get to that. But it yeah. Was, they, it was so, totally just to try to circle back to the beginning of the movie. Everyone travels right. on January 25th. Yeah. Of course. Like, it's the busiest travel day. It was totally just like a, well, let's end it at the airport. We started it at the airport. It's kind of a just a let's circle back. So how do you feel about that? Okay, so, like, if we're ranking it, do you like that better or worse than the Kira Knightley one? Better. Better, for sure. I like it worse, but we're... <laughs> I like it better because I think... I think you're right with all the way it was confusing the way they set it up. Their job wasn't clear. The realism of that job, whatever, what like wasn't clear. It was half decided, which was a problem. So like the logistics of it were an issue. But I like the idea of having like an intimate work relationship, you know, with somebody yeah. where you have to be professional and then still being really coy about actually being vulnerable with them. I like that juxtaposition. I just don't think it was done to its full potential. Well, and when they air this on TV, obviously that one gets cut out because of all the nudity. Mm. But it also goes to show you how unimportant it is that it's just completely cut from the movie and no one notices. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Let's do another... um, Oh, can we do one of my favorites? Yeah. Can we do the Colin going to America? I was just getting ready to say it's another short, you know, yeah, like a short and sweet one. Well, I don't know. This about is sweet. the one that I know is ridiculous, but to me, it just feels like a sketch from SNL or something, and I I'm on board. It. Yeah. So we've got this guy, Colin, and he's Colin. Just, he is. Colin. We first see him at the wedding reception, and he strikes out because he's talking to he's talking he's serving. Um, or d'oeuvres, right? And like he's, yeah. and he's like, these are gross. They look like dead baby fingers or something. And they taste like them too. And then the lady's like, he's like, so what do you do? And she's like, I cater weddings or whatever. And he's like, oh, they should have asked you for this one. And she's like, they did. And he's like, okay. Oh, and you should have said yes. I yeah. did. <laughs> <laughs> so he's then telling his friend, like British women are so stuck up and that's why I can't get a date. And that's why I can't get laid. I just got to go to America. Yeah, because, and, and I think this is not a bad plan. In America, 
I will be a cute, charming British guy, but here I'm yeah. just a dime a dozen. And that is like that's a thousand true. percent true. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Uh, y- yeah. Y- a British guy in America can definitely make their accent their entire personality. Yeah. I see it on date. I dated a British guy for eight years. Um, that wasn't his personality, by the way, but it, but it definitely <laughs> like lured you in. You're like, oh God, right. I love this accent. But I see it on dating apps all the time. From England, yep, still got the accent. It's like, we got it, dude. We've got it. Like, is that all that you have to say about yourself? Is that you say, or is that you? Which I would go, if I was still dating, I would totally go on a date with a British guy just to hear the accent all night, just because. I have to say. At least if he's a jerk, it's more interesting. But it's very charming until it's not, and it's not charming when they're being condescending and rude because they just make you feel so small. You know what I mean? Mm. Because they sound the power? so posh. Yeah. Oh. And it feels like royalty yelling at you or like arguing with you. And you just oh, wow. feel very like, ooh. And it, I mean, I guess it might not feel that way if the person had a very Russell Brand Cockney accent. Well, look at how far that accent and the bumbling has taken Hugh Grant. We're like, oh, picked up a prostitute and we're like, we forgive you. Just keep yeah. talking. <laughs> yeah, he's like, oh, I was just, my, my pecker was a bit peckish yeah. and I, I just was out searching for a snack and I didn't realize because I was no. drunk and you know how we get. The best so far thing to me, me about Hugh Grant <laughs> is that like he plays all these really like, you know, Notting Hill, Forwardings in a Funeral. He's the charmer. He's the sweet, innocent charmer. And then he gets caught in real life cheating on Elizabeth Hurley. And we still want to love him. So he's like, okay, I'll play basically who I am in Bridget Jones' diary. And we're all like, love it. Great. <laughs> Doesn't that just mean he's playing himself in all these movies? I mean, we, but we all do this. It does. And I think like we, it's, it's kind of like Jen Aniston. Jen Aniston. But it's great. I think it's great branding to be like, everyone knows I'm not this anymore. So let me ease into a different archetype and like because that's kind of how I felt about Jude Law is like Jude Law Mm. got caught doing all these terrible things and then he still played love interests and I was like no you need to play a slime ball now because that's how I see you he's so hot though he did play the guy in Contagion if you all watched that at the beginning of the pandemic (laughs) like a like a psycho like myself thousand percent Um, yeah like he plays the guy who like lies about having a cure for the for the sickness that's going around um so so back to uh colin colin he, yes. he goes to america he goes to mm-hmm. wisconsin of all places mm-hmm. you yes. know which it's kind of funny to me i'm like oh they didn't even go to like one of the like the hot well i think that that's like the thing like they were basically like like his friends telling him like this is a terrible plan it's a very bad plan like this is not what you think like wisconsin what are you talking about and it does it sounds like a really bad plan yeah like, i feel like it should you know and he gets at the airport and he's like take me to uh any bar any american bar <laughs> and then he's straight up i mean come on you guys this is like this was so insane to me. He meets three <laughs> women, all hot, and they're like, we live together. We only have one bed. Why don't you stay with us? But we're all, oh, we're so poor. We're going to be all naked. We're bed. so poor that we have to sleep naked. <laughs> I, love, I love the deliveries of that, though, where they're like, and we can't even afford pajamas. Yeah. Is that okay with you? Would you have a problem with that? Would you have yeah. a problem with that? We've only been drinking and flirting and touching you all night. Now we're telling <laughs> you to come over to our house and be naked. Wait till you meet Harriet. You know, she's the sexy one. 
who we yeah. then later, you know, it's just. It's Jan- so to January Jones, Alicia Cuthbert, and then I don't know the other one, but I remember her being in a bunch of movies. Hold on a second. She's, she's-, uh, she's Carrie Weston in the episode of Friends where Ross pretends to die and has a fake funeral. I mean, that's how, <laughs> oh, wait. That's how I Ivana. Ivana Melisefek? I'm not saying that right. And then Harriet, we find out later, is Shannon Elizabeth. And Mm -hmm. then she's got a sister, Carla, who's Denise Richards. Denise Richards is so beautiful. So he ends up having like a a straight up foursome, fivesome. But yeah, I guess fivesome. I guess because Harriet was supposedly there. Yeah, Yeah. I think a foursome. I don't think the sister's involved. Thank God. Oh, not yet. Oh, oh, yeah, that's true. (laughs) My favorite line in that, though, is when he's like, he says something like, thank God or something. And they go, oh. He's a Christian, too. <laughs> yeah, I love that, too. That was, it's like, just a little the, constant time. The way they play it, that's why, to me, this vignette works, is because they play it like everyone is playing it so sincere. The joke is that in America, he's going to score big. Everyone's so beautiful, and he's got this accent. And then they play that out, and it's just, like, a fun sketch. You're right. It does feel very SNL. Right? It does, and it feels, it feels like, kind of fun that it's, like, this guy where his plan is so terrible, and this is, like, what he wants, and it really think, seems like it's not going to work out in the midst of all these other storylines that are just, like, yeah. problematic in many ways, <laughs> and then it's, like, it just does. Like, everything he wants to happen happens, and it's a Christmas movie, so you're, like, oh, great, like, somebody actually got what they wanted, and you're not, <laughs> you're not mad about it. Like, yeah, I'm well, not mad about it. And then we later see him at the airport, and he's come back from America with uh, Shannon Elizabeth and she's brought Denise Richards who just straight up greets his friend by kissing him on the lips. <laughs> yeah, very because American she's, heard, <laughs> she's heard that she can come to, to England and basically like use her American accent. Like basically her plan is the same as Colin's plan and she's just going to come now and, yeah. and live that out. Because, you know, somebody like Denise Richards is just really striking out in America. Yeah, yeah she's yeah. striking out. She can't get anybody. Poor girl. Denise Richards. <laughs> oh, my God. Next vignette. Can we can we Next jump to one. the one that I hate? Sure. What's, what, what's that one? Laura Linney. Oh, I hate it so much. Yes. So, Sarah. Love Laura Linney. She's amazing. Great actress. Hate the storyline. Okay, so this one is... She, Sarah and Carl. She's been in love with Carl. Sarah, Carl, and Michael. Yeah. So she's been in love with Carl for over two years, and everybody at the office knows. And her boss is Alan Rickman, and yeah. he confronts her in a scene that makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah, that makes me want to vomit in my mouth. Makes you want to contact HR on her behalf. <laughs> What the fuck? Where he's like, he's like, how long have you worked here? And she gives like a sincere answer. And then he goes, and how long have you been in love with Carl? This is not an okay thing for a boss to ask. No, that's what I'm saying. It's so, it's like HR. What the fuck? I would just like everyone to picture like a boss that they've had, that like the worst one. And then just imagine (laughs) them having that conversation with you and how that would make you feel. Or I would just be like, (laughs) okay, cool. Can I go? It's it's horrible. It's horrible. And so... He's like, go ahead and like ask him out, blah, blah, blah. It's like, all right, I don't really need dating advice from my boss. And as she's exiting his office, Carl walks in and they have this kind of moment. After he's also told her that Carl also knows, by the way, that you love him. I mean, could you imagine your boss telling you this? That everyone at the workplace, I'd be like, wow, you know. Thanks, thanks. Mind your own fucking business. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, can you get a hobby? Like, will you just go play golf or something? It's just... Get out of my face. Go fuck your secretary and leave me alone. So <laughs> yeah, we, don't, we don't actually ever see her ask him out, but we see them dancing at this party. Yeah, and he is uh, Rodrigo Santoro. Hold on. He's he from is... Lost. He was on yeah, Lost. Yeah, Rodrigo Santoro. <laughs> 
And he was Paolo for Nikki and Paolo. I'm a huge Lost fan. So, like, I recognize him right away. But, ugh. I mean, yeah. they just give the storyline. They give him nothing to do. Yeah, he's Mm-mm. he's kind of wooden. And he's very overly bronzed. Can I just say that? Like, they <laughs> literally put on so... I mean, like, he's got a lot of makeup on. He almost looked I mean, orange. He, he almost looked like they sprayed, air- airbrushed him orange when... I, I feel like he was like he looked like a sweater model for like Sears or something like that. Yeah. Well, they you know have his hair. His hair yeah. is all wrong. Yeah, it's very swooshy. Because he's very attractive, but it's just not doing him favors. I'm just okay. Yeah, and so they have this slow dance moment. Yeah, he asked her to dance at their holiday Christmas office Christmas party. Yeah, and it's a fast song, and it's that it's that great moment where it's like let's go dance, and then immediately the song switches to like a because it goes slow. It's like, <laughs> like late at night, Broop. and then it plays Nora Jones. Turn me on by Nora Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they slow dance, and it goes well. They end up at her. At her apartment. And there's that scene that they show in the trailer. Now, I remember yes. this, where he kisses her, and then she's like, can you hold on one moment? And she walks around the corner, turns on the light by the stairwells, and kind of jumps up and down. Does her happy dance. And she goes, now that that's over with. <laughs> Which is adorable. I'm, it's cute. I like that part. At this part. point, I'm on board. And, yeah. and then Songbird by Ava Cassidy comes on as they start to kiss. And mm. Well, and she has this really cute loft where, like, you go upstairs and it's, like, in a a it's bedroom. just the bedroom immediately, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And they start fooling around. And she's been getting these phone calls throughout her brief scenes in the movie. And then she gets more phone calls. It's her brother yeah. who's clearly very schizophrenic in a, in a mental facility. Their and- parents are dead. She's the only one he has. And vice versa. She's like, I can't, I can't get the Pope on the phone right now. And things like that. I have to say, uh, my mom... So my mom's one of 10 kids and one of her brothers, he passed away five years ago, but he was very sick like to that level um, to where he would make phone calls and say things that he was either hallucinating or like, you know, and they were very real to him. So it was very heartbreaking because you can't reason with someone like that. Um, but this is also a story that about boundaries. She yes. has this relationship with her brother where she's the only one that they have. Yeah. And she hasn't drawn clear boundaries of I am always there for you when I except for when I can't be. And neither is the psych ward, right? Because right. Exactly. because because with my with my uncle, he uh, he was at a halfway house, so he had a little bit more free reign over phone calls. But at an inpatient psych ward, I don't think they'd let your they'd let you call your relative every ten minutes. No, you usually are. You don't have like a cell phone typically. Like, there's not. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know exactly what kind of program he was in. They don't make it clear to be fair. Yeah. But I, his cell phone would have probably been, you know, taken away, confiscated. The being averse to the storyline is in no way saying that mental illness isn't serious and that people don't, you know, need to have people in their life that they can call, that yeah. they can reach out right. to, that you know, all of these things. It's not saying any of that. But a hundred percent, just it's about boundaries. The idea that she's like, I'm just going to be here for you to answer the phone whenever you call. When I know full well that you're in a facility you are, where they can take care where of you're you, being what, taken care of. So my worst fears about this, like you're being taken care of. I should, I should be able to tell myself that. Yeah, you're not, you're not out on the streets. It's not where, where or you're I not see. alone in an apartment building where, like, you know what I mean. Nobody is um, making sure that you're, you don't harm yourself exactly. or something like that. Or harm others. Yeah, exactly. But she goes a step further when she takes the call she's in her bra they've been fooling around and she says to him no I'm not doing anything and then she leaves to go see him those are the things where it's like 
I think you can be in this situation and explain to Carl, like, I'm sorry, this is like an emergency or whatever. But it's the, like, she says it twice with each phone call where it's putting him down. This thing that I'm doing means nothing. Yeah. Exactly. And it's also like, and, and for her, it's like putting herself down too, because it's like, oh, because I have a mentally ill brother that I need to love and support, which no problem with that, but I need to love and support him. And therefore I can't ever have sex again. I take issue with that. Like, yeah. I feel like that's like a massive, that that's just like basically saying your box when you're given a card like that in life is to just be a caretaker and nothing else. And that's the biggest problem. Codependency. It's real bad. And we don't get a happy ending. That's no. it. That's the ending. She goes to see him at the thing, and you see that he's... And they wear Santa hats, but it's just as sad. Like, it's just, on. it's awful, and he even tries to, like, hurt her, and she's like, don't do that, and then don't do that. Yeah. Awful. And I don't think we see her at the airport. No. She's not going anywhere. She's not going anywhere. She's a caretaker, and she doesn't have sex anymore. <laughs> doesn't she have a, a one more weird runoff with... Carl, oh, yeah, they see each her. other in the office, but they don't. It's awkward silence. It's never like, hey, about that, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, yeah. so and that's the end. Like, they're not getting back together. Well, this, yeah. this crush that she's had for two years is over. Yeah. Well, it's a terrible message to send. I think, I just feel like it's super irresponsible on this movie's part. Feels to basically super imply. realistic, though. Because how many times, I mean, I mean, like, how many, I don't know, I guess y'all, y'all are married and stuff, but I mean, I'm just like, how many times the things, like, you know, they, they start out and you're like, oh, maybe, the, and then they fizzle out and then you see that person and it's just awkward. It's like, oh, yeah. Well, that part's last. realistic. It's more just like that moment of being like, you know, I would all, I'm always going to choose to not choose myself. Yeah. Like in that moment where she, like you said, set, takes the call and says, um, I'm, I'm not busy. Yeah. I'm not doing anything. Zero boundaries. Like, it's, it's zero awful. boundaries. And that's, that's the part that I feel like is, is more irresponsible because it's just like, yeah, like, I mean, who knows what their relationship would have been? Like, that's not the point. It's yeah. more just like she deserves and maybe he would to have, have understood. Maybe he would have been supportive. Yeah. It's sad. It's sad. We don't know anything about Carl. Maybe he has problematic family members that he cares for, too. We don't know. Yeah, I mean, he showed a little empathy. Didn't he say something? Like, I feel like when she first was like, I have this brother, this is the situation, because she explains all that to him. It's just that he says at the second time, he's like, don't answer it. Right. And that's Which the is end. fair. Which is I feel fair. Like they're, ha- they're about to have sex. <laughs> yeah, come on. It's like, can't you call him back in, what, 20 minutes? Yeah, yeah. 20 So, minutes. 20 minutes, yeah. <laughs> So, but, but I will I'm say, trying to give like a, a median range. <laughs> but I will say as far as like things that bother me about this movie as a whole, this is one of the things. The endings of these vignettes is either impossibly romantic or tragically sad. Yeah. Yes. There's not really an in-between. And I think that's part of the thing that I just don't love about it is it's like I'd almost everything be really happy than like this weird thing where it's like, well, some characters get these amazing endings and other characters, mostly women, are fucked. Yeah. Yeah, but I also think that maybe that was part of their marketing strategy because they're like, what movie should we make? A tragedy? A comedy? A romantic? Oh, you know what? Let's do all of them. A so that whoever, whoever watches this, there's something for everybody. Like, But, that, but that's where I think that they lose so much of the audience because it's just like, this is just pissing me off, this movie. You know yeah. what I mean? It's yeah. it just like it gets so, so um, which, which one Who would do we have, have to jump to? I think I would like to, can I choose? Yeah, yeah. of course, yeah. Let's, let's do, oh, let's do, um, let's do David and Natalie. Let's get into it. The prime minister and his. Uh, and his fat girlfriend? Uh, yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Well, she, well, first she says, you know, 
what a, a, a shall we call her chubby secretary? I believe that's what they. She's. Said. I mean, I was like chubby. Where? And they keep yeah. talking about her thighs, and I'm like, well, I never saw her thighs, but uh, I know that the rest of her body. The secretary goes, um, the chubby one, and he goes, would we call her chubby? And she goes, yeah, there's a sizable ass there, I'd say. What? Massive or thighs like tree trunks? Does she say that too? Yeah, or is that, that, that was, it was a couple times yeah. that was mentioned. Hey, this secretary, not a fan of women. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, can you imagine going in and saying about one of your female coworkers? Like when someone talks, I mean, because listen, I've talked shit about people behind their backs. I'm not going to lie, but it's like, it's not about their body. It's like about how they're bad at their job. Or something that they did that pissed you off. It's never been like, and fuck her, you know, her arms. Like what? So uh, when they first meet, he kind of is like, you can tell he's a little taken by her. And I just remember that line where he goes, oh, this is so inconvenient. Like, I'm going to be just distracted. By to this. Margaret Thatcher, right? He says, it's yeah. good. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the painting of Margaret yeah, Thatcher. Yeah, Hugh Grant is the new prime minister, and he comes into the prime minister's house. I don't know. And We don't know these terms. I'm American. American. He goes to the yeah. White House of England. And uh, Natalie, who is fucking gorgeous, is uh-huh. one of the assistants or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And there's, like, an instant connection. This is a problematic workplace environment. Mm-hmm. But um, she's always kind of, like, fucking up. She says, like, she swears in front of everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I feel like my impression of her is just like, oh, fuckity, fuck, 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 I'm Natalie. Oh, fuck, I just said fuck, I'm Natalie. And that's like... <laughs> and we, they meet, and then they have this scene where he's like, who do I have to... What does he say? Who, who do, I, do I have to screw around here to get a cup of tea and a chocolate biscuit? And then she uh, enters with the tea cart. Oh, well, I guess you got to screw Natalie. That was just, um, subtle. <laughs> real subtle. And she says that her ex broke up with her because he said she was getting fat. Yeah. Oh, he's the one who said she had thighs like tree yeah, trunks. Nobody's gonna right. want, yeah, nobody's going to want a girl with thighs like tree trunks. Which I would say she's like, what, a size six? I think maybe an eight because I do remember around that time. Okay, this is my context of this time period with the whole size thing. Like, I remember watching an episode of The View. They had, like, a fashion show kind of moment come on, showing fall looks or whatever. And then they're like, and now our plus-size model. And all of them, I remember, I think it was, like, Star Jones or something. I think that was her time period, 2000, early 2000. <laughs> that sounds right. I forgot was, about her. Yeah, she was like, that's your plus-size model? And they're like, yeah, she's a size 8. She's the plus-size model. And then she's like, that's not the plus-size. And it's like, no one could get back to anything else because they're like, what? But I remember, like, that was kind of the way that size was marketed at that time whereas now I I don't think that that it that it is well I remember reading something where they said Marilyn Monroe was a size eight yeah I've read that and um I think you know I think even sometimes I said maybe even a size 10 in some dresses yeah yeah and but to me Natalie like if I saw Natalie I would never say she's fat she doesn't look fat to me no No, she's curvy she has like she has a really like a lovely hourglass figure and she's so pretty I think that Kardashians brought that back yeah she's curvaceous like I mean and you can see that the size thing I mean I guess like you also know that the other the person who's being pined after the most in this movie is is uh, Keira Knightley. Yeah, and she's a very different body type than because she's Natalie. eighteen. <laughs> yeah, she's got a very she's got a very you know she's got she's beautiful. She's, but she's long got, she's and a, lean. She's long and lean and 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 thinner, and she's wearing those like trendy at the time low rise uh, hip pants where her like her hip bones are like just popping out, you know, mm-hmm. like because that was kind of the style. Yeah. But just because the clothes at the time, like those trends didn't um, complement 
a body like Natalie's does not mean that her body was an issue. Like, and she dressed really well in that movie, actually, I thought, better than a lot of other people. She was, like, wearing her, like, cute, like, high-waisted pencil skirts and stuff that's maybe, like, I don't know. I just thought she looked great the whole time. Yeah, I did, too. Well, I I never even could even say by looking at Natalie that I ever was like, she's chubby. I was just like, what? No, she had a flat stomach. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. She, she <laughs> I, it's just insane. And it gets, that's one of the storylines too. Every year I watch it, I get more upset. So we have, yeah. oh yeah. President, inter President Billy Bob Thornton, <laughs> which, what a joke that is, right? Playing just, a Bill yeah. Clinton type charmer, uh, womanizer. Yeah. Just gross. And he sees her, and what is the, they, and he goes, did you see the what on her? Because I remember being like, what? They call it that? Did you see the pipes on her? Pipes. What does that mean? Yeah, that's why I no, was what like, what? does that mean? I thought that was your voice. I was going to say, I have pipes. Too. When I think of pipes, I think of singing voice. Did you hear the pipes on her? The right. pipes? Is Maybe that... it's different in England. I don't know. Or he's just. I don't know. Or they ran out of, like, ways. They're like, we've already talked about her legs being fat so many times that we need a different word for legs. Just just kind of change things up, add a little variety. Stems, I've heard for legs. Stems. Stems, yeah. Stems. Yeah. If you get gams, like, all this stuff. I mean, that's, like, a little bit, like, <laughs> guys and dolls. Or even, or even just, like, did you see the legs on her? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, but well, I was also, like, if he's this, like, real womanizer, I don't think he's going to be super subtle. Yeah, he was gross. So then they have this moment where they're at like a press conference and Hugh Grant. Well, right before this, he he's in the office with Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant pops out to get something. And I do like how they coordinate the camera on this where we see that like Natalie is in there for 30 seconds. Like, right. He, Hugh Grant comes out. Natalie goes in with like coffee or whatever. A tray or something. Yeah. yeah. And we follow Hugh Grant. He grabs something. He comes right back out. And when he walks in, Billy Bob Thornton is like kissing Natalie's side of her face or something gross. He has oh. leapt from his chair at lightning speed and just clutched onto her like a like a flying insect of some kind. Like he so really just gross. made such time in getting across that room because it really was only 30 seconds. You're right. Awful. And it's total sexual harassment because he's Me the too. president of the United States and this is a like lowly assistant in England. Well, what she is even she supposed says she, to do? She says she lives on the dodgy side of town. I mean, the, mm-hmm, you know, we're talking, mm-hmm. you know, power play right here. That's just disgusting. And, um, and instead of like this turning into a great moment for Hugh Grant, which I know we have the we talk about where he has the scene with Billy Bob, but then like his next step is to fire her. <laughs> he has right. her redistributed. Which it's like, what do you think he was afraid of? Because I mean, like I don't know if there there has ever been a prime minister. I don't know their history as well as America's politically, but like I don't know if there's ever been a prime minister who did not have like a spouse entering the office. I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't think so but like i said i called it the white house of england so i don't really well, know a lot no, i mean yeah but typically it's like it's like being in a relationship is or you know being in like being married i guess same like, here there's been, never been a single president exactly so it's like i feel like it can only help you to have that i yeah. guess so i'm like kind of like if you're single it's not like he's married like if he was married yeah. like that's a whole other thing but he's not he's single so it's like so you're just you're you think that it will hurt you politically to have anybody like or maybe it's just that she worked for him, but I don't. Well, I don't and this know. is what happened to Monica Lewinsky too. Was like yeah. Bill Clinton moved her to another department, and oh. it's just so fucked up because it has nothing to do with her career or what she wants to do. It's somebody yeah. who is in a higher position changing your job because of their own 
thoughts. Because they're attracted to you and that's yes. the problem somehow. Yeah. I mean, I, I also think that, you know, it's funny you bring her up. I think that they very much modeled this person after Monica Lewinsky um, oh. because she also, Monica Lewinsky also got a lot of fat shame stuff thrown at her, I would say. I, I think I remember that. Yeah, um, for sure. And uh, and just, you know, all that kind of stuff. But And then all, the, the sexual harassment moment with the U.S. president, I, I felt like when I saw her and Billy Bob together, I was like, oh, this is, they're really commenting on Monica Lewinsky yeah. in like an, a roundabout way. Yeah. Especially when you think about um, how long usually a script when it's written versus when it gets made, it was probably written still when Bill was in office. Because, oh, I um, bet. George didn't enter until 2000, I guess, wasn't inaugurated until 2001. So, And this is 2003. Yeah, and which, again, I think about what you, your husband said about maybe throwing in the 9-11 thing, right? Yeah. In there. As like a save or something. Then they have this press conference, right, where he's then standing up to Billy Bob. President Billy Bob. Take that, America. They, and then he's like, yeah. and we're the country of the Beatles and, you know, and of this and this and this and, you know. And they all laugh. They love them. Yeah. All the people. <laughs> we get the dancing moment, though. That's like the big Hugh Grant moment in this. Yeah. Yep. Dancing to some, what is that song? I Something 80s, right? It's very. I can feel you getting higher. Yeah. Oh, baby. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And then. And he gets caught. It's very cute. It's caught. And he points to her and he's like, can you. Like, can you get those papers ready for tomorrow? I wasn't dancing. Yeah. Like, (laughs) I was just. uh, It's a cute moment again. Like, let's get Hugh Grant dancing. We got to put that in the script somewhere. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's worth it, you know. And and if you want to just cut right to the good part of this movie and skip all the other bullshit, I would recommend just going to YouTube. YouTube and looking up a clip of, of Hugh, Grant Hugh Grant dancing dancing in love actually because that's really truly the best part yeah, of the movie. Yeah, there you go. Then he gets a Christmas card from Natalie. What did it say? Like I I'm God. yours. Actually, I'm yours. What a what a bold move. Could you imagine writing the prime minister and being like I'm yours? I know you fired yeah. me. But it's also apropos of nothing. They haven't had like a great conversation. Mhm. It goes along with um, the body doubles where she's like, all I want for Christmas is you. There's a yeah. lot of like, to be in a relationship means to give yourself to somebody if you're like, yeah. just, I'm the present. I didn't, oh, I didn't get you a Christmas gift, but I did wrap myself up yeah. and I say things like, I'm yours. I'm yours. <laughs> but before she says I'm yours in the card, she says, and if you can't say it at Christmas, then when can you say it? Again. I'm because yours. you tell the truth at Christmas. I don't know. How about Valentine's Day? Right. How about how about on a Tuesday? Because <laughs> I had therapy and my therapy my therapist said, you need to get this out. I don't know. Again. <laughs> I can almost schmaltz. see it more for like New Year's too, where it's like, my resolution is to tell you how I feel or something. Yeah. But it's like, when did Christmas become the tell the truth day? No, it's so stupid. It's schmaltz. It's it's just it's just Hollywood. Especially because Christmas is full. There aren't kids that listen to this, right? No. Okay, cool. I, I feel like I've busted the Santa Claus myth on accident for someone no. before, so I just wanted to make sure. But yeah, Christmas is a lie. Come on. It's the time of lies. It's Christmas is so, the time of lies. It's not that, the time of truth. It's a thousand percent. It, lots of Christmas is about lying to children. They're like, there's a stranger who comes and brings you presents, and he does for all of the kids in the whole world. And That's you, funny. We want I you to believe that, that as long as possible. That's so yeah. true. So true. And now there's Elf on the Shelf. It's like lies upon lies. 
Oh, all the lies. I mean, my parents were so elaborate with Christmas lies. They used to be like, they were so tired at the, you know, that they couldn't finish wrapping all the presents. So then the next morning things weren't ready. And they were like, we need you guys to wait in this room because Santa was really busy last night and he had to drop off all of your stuff unwrapped. And he said that if you come in too quickly and you look too fast before we're done, everything's going to turn into coal. So I don't shoot the messenger. We just wanted you to know that's what he told us. And we're like, oh my God, okay, I believe you. So like, ridiculous. <laughs> um, so anyway, Hugh Grant now is going to go find Natalie, right? And he shows up right as they're getting ready to leave for this infamous Christmas. Well, first he goes to every house because he doesn't have her address. He just knows she lives on the dodgy part of mm-hmm. Harris right. Street. So he goes door to door, which is like some cute Hugh Grant stuff where, you know, he's the prime minister and someone's like, you're the prime minister. And he's like, yeah, we're just, that's our new service. Trying to get around yeah, everyone I'm- by New Year's. I love the scene where the little girls were like, sing to us, sing. And then they all dance while he sings. And his, like, security guard actually has, like, a really, like, beautiful baritone voice. How did I forget about this part? I guess I was processing something else that had just happened in the movie. I totally forgot that. But he shows up, and they're all going to this Christmas concert. And he's like, I'm here for Natalie or whatever. And they're rushing to go to the Christmas concert. So I guess he's going to go to the Christmas concert. That Everybody, this was the Christmas concert to be at. Because shit, yes. everybody was there. It was a party. This elementary school or like middle school, whatever it is. Everyone yeah, looks so young. Yeah, the most attended. Yeah. So they meet backstage? Yeah, she brings because him he's backstage. Hiding. Because yeah, he's the prime minister. Because he's the prime minister. But, but he runs into his little sister there yes. Emma Thompson yes which we can talk about more in hers because yeah. I think them running in and her reaction is so much more upsetting in her storyline than it is to his it means nothing in his storyline so that's true yeah it's a joke in his <laughs> yeah so the end of his storyline is the end of the Christmas concert happens this like curtain thing falls down for a Merry Christmas they're kissing and backstage they're when kissing the curtain backstage falls. and then everybody's already got their cameras out because they're filming their kids and stuff and now hey paparazzi let's call what are they? Who who does the um, the sun, the sun, or something like that? You know, is the Daily gonna, Mirror. Yeah, the, the Daily Mirror. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. it's like, well, we got have we got pictures for y'all? We <laughs> he was kissing. He was making out with some girl at my kid's Christmas concert. I mean, at this like, very big budget kids Christmas. Who, concert. who the hell knew? But uh, have I got a picture for you? Yeah. So there we go. Um, do, or do we see and them then at the we see them at the air yeah she runs into his arms and he makes a comment about how heavy she is okay and she says oh like, my god I missed that, <laughs> that was the one I missed oh, he says okay. something and she's like oh shut up and okay. they kiss wow. oh like but yeah let's just oh yeah and her dad that's the other thing I wanted to comment on when he shows up at their uh at the door to pick her up her dad also has a nickname for her like I think he calls her plumpy oh yeah for the love of so, god could you imagine it's being really, for this I'd be like it's relentless like it, it's not a one-time joke it's not something like one person has an issue with they're really trying so hard to make you believe that she's fat and I have to believe that it's because she's not do you know what I mean yeah. it's just kind well, it's of also like to what end even if she was why the hell would that be there but I'm just I I just don't understand why that is a character trait of someone so yeah anyway just awful um so the next one let's because it's another one that's kind of this a little snippet is the guy who's got he's the author and he's right, and he's got this Portuguese Colin Firth. Yeah, Colin. Firth. Yeah, so Jamie and Aurelia. This I hate this one too. <laughs> Me too. And it's just like what? So he's he drives her where every day? I so I'm... basically, Colin Firth is an author. He finds out in the beginning that his wife is cheating on him with his brother or his yeah. girlfriend. Somebody's cheating on him with his brother. Very upsetting. 
Yeah. He goes to the French countryside because he's going to write his book alone. And he, whoever he got it through, hired Aurelia to be his maid while he's at the French countryside because he can't take care of him fucking his fucking self. Yeah. yeah. And she doesn't speak English she or French. She only speaks Portuguese. And he only speaks English. So they have co- this constant... Uh, miscommunication where they're kind of saying the same things or funny things back and forth but they don't understand each other so we have this Mm -hmm. moment where he's on his typewriter and all of his papers fly into the lake and it's basically the director is like how can we get her to strip you know so she's got to get how can we linger on that tramp stamp i know how let's get her in her bra and underwear before she jumps in because you know the papers are gonna you're totally ink doesn't bleed right like you're totally gonna be able to read all these papers for this fucking it's almost as if uh mark you know who who filmed the wedding was filming that yeah (laughs) very close-up shots of her body it's just and so she jumps in it's cold and then he's like well i better jump in and she's like this better be a good book or whatever and it's like does anybody really think they're going to save the papers he's like it's really you're going to tell me he went outside with a stack of papers yeah, and a typewriter saying. on a windy day and didn't expect anything and to then, happen and then and then so then they have this moment where he's going to be taking her back to the airport right and mm-hmm. somehow he's going back so he drops her off somehow even though they don't speak the same language they're able to somehow understand it doesn't make sense to me well there's the line where he says that uh, taking her home is his favorite part of the day, meaning, like, mm-hmm. I get to be alone with you in the car. It's my favorite part. And she says leaving you when he takes her home is is the saddest part of her day. Okay. As if she understood <laughs> yeah. what he was saying. I just like, like, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sure we've all been there where we've been, you know, either traveling or something where there's a language barrier and it's really hard. And I feel like a fool sometimes. I'm like, oh, I don't, you know. I'm like, how can they really even have a fucking connection? Are you serious? They don't. But – that's the worst part of this to me. Is it just doesn't it's make such sense. a short vignette that we never really understand why they're so in love with each other? Exactly. No, I mean if they filmed it now, like I feel like you could you could do that. Like I've met people traveling before where it's like you use an Google app. Translate, you use an app, yeah, yeah, and you and you pass back and forth to like to communicate. Because actually, I was in Portugal at a certain point, and like there was there was like I was with my family, and there's a guy on the train. And he like wanted to, we were passing back and forth to do that to all communicate yeah. together, and. He he messaged me he really wanted to tell me he said you are very white and you should go in the sun and that was literally he has to tell you right this second uh, <laughs> yeah my sister thought it was hilarious she laughed for a long time about that oh my god <laughs> could you imagine i gotta get on google translate to just let this stranger know have a great trip go to the sun <laughs> i mean so he drops her off at the airport, and it's boom. She kisses him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a quick little boom, and then he leaves. And then we see them later because he's decided he's got to be with her. So he goes and he – Well, he takes language lessons so that he can speak Portuguese. Um, one of my favorite jokes in the movie is he goes to his family's house for Christmas, and he walks in, and, and the his, like, nieces are like, Cousin, Uncle Jamie. Oh, and yeah. then he, yeah. like – he's like – I have to go because he realizes he and needs to like, go see I her. They're like, I hate Uncle Jamie, right? They're all saying, yeah. that. I, I hate Uncle Jamie. I hate Uncle Jamie. Um, so he goes to find her, and at first he goes to the house, and he's like, tells the dad, I want to ask for her hand in marriage, and he thinks he's talking about this other sister, and she's like, I've never seen this man. You want to sell me to him? And he's like, I didn't say anything about selling you to anybody. And yeah, then- this feels like uh, 
racist against Portuguese people. It's, it's, it's a very, it's fucked up, right? It, it is. It's weird. I was like, I was like, why is this being painted like it's like a small village where no one has like a cell phone or the internet? Yeah, you know it's like what the I mean? 1400s. Like it's, yeah, just the weirdest. And then also they're like, oh no, we, we don't have a scene with Natalie again. Who are we going to make fat jokes about? Oh, well, let's make sure that we show Aurelia's sister so that we can use her for that now. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so bizarre. Stepped right into it. Yeah. And he so. wanders, they, they all walk to the restaurant where Aurelia works and they're like telling townspeople as they go and the townspeople get up and come and yeah, it's and like a big crowd. Yeah, and her dad Miss Dunkin' Donut, the sister, because she's, you know, there's also a reference to the sister earlier where she's like, oh, you know, like I can't eat any, I can't eat the pastry because if you saw my sister, you'd understand. Yeah. And then they show the sister and her dad calls her Miss Dunkin' Donut. Because they think you're going to be sold to somebody, but they have Dunkin' Donuts at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, the whole thing is just like, great, like, I'm glad this character exists for all of these terrible <laughs> lines and jokes and everything. So they're going to get married, y'all. She says Yeah, yes. he proclaims his love. She proclaims her love. The, 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 like, kind of cute thing is we know he took, like, Portuguese lessons so that he right. could talk to her. And then the cute reveal is that she took English lessons so that she could talk to him. So then maybe they're going to find out that they have nothing in common once they can <laughs> actually know, right? talk like, to each other. Now we can finally start to like have what a real get to the place that a real date gets to, like the first one. Yeah. We'll and start there, but we'll get married instead. Yet again, he says that he wanted to, but it's Christmas. So I uh-huh. thought I should, so I thought I should check with you to see if you love me because right. that's what you do on Christmas. That's what you do on Christmas. Yeah what you do unreal <sighs> so now yeah. let's let's do the kid yeah let's get yeah. that out i think i think emma thompson is Which the last, last one. yeah yeah so the kid, okay. we find out that the mom has died yes okay. so we open on a funeral liam neeson is the stepfather to sam his wife died sam's mother died and they're oh, oh and there's a whole bunch of claudia schiffer jokes yeah yep about how he's gonna Good. end up with claudia schiffer yeah the wife wanted yeah. him to bring claudia schiffer to the funeral he says another joke later where he's like something about like well i'd be married to claudia schiffer and of yeah, course we're gonna have sex in every room in the house including yours because you're 11 and i can say things like that it's, <laughs> it's so weird when he's talking to the kid about their love life and the kid's like how's your life love life doing so that yeah um so sam is in love with joanna at his school i do there's like some really bizarre things where he's really sad and liam neeson's worried about him because his mother just died and he's like, no, I know I should feel sad about that. But what I'm really sad about is the girl. Yeah. Is that I'm in love with Joanna. And he's like, yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? That's also my mother's name. Yeah. Right. But she doesn't cross my mind in this situation. Yeah. So, <laughs> so therapy is needed. Oh, uh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's a love addict for sure. Young age. Mm-hmm. But he's also in love with someone who's the same name as his the mother that just died. Yeah. Right. Which is very Freudian. Why is that in the script? Yeah, very. I don't know. A, a therapist would love to sink their teeth into that, yes, though, I'm sure. For Why sure. does she have the same name? That It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it's just a fun little spin. It's the yeah. guy at the typewriter who was typing this up was like, let's give him the same fucking name. Why not? So yeah. then they, he, they're sad one day, and I love the part where he's like, we need Leo and Kate. And all of a sudden you hear, <laughs> my heart will go on, like the, mm, yeah, you know, in yeah. the background, and they're watching Titanic. Um, and then the kid's like, how's your love life, Dad? It's so weird. I never... When his mom just died. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not great. Get back out there, Dad. Yeah. It's so, so bizarre. (sighs) Oh, I guess we could throw this in there that there's this washed up British rock star who wants to have the number one hit. I really liked his his whole thing. I know. His storyline is great. Yeah, Bill Nye. His is one of my favorites. Yeah. And he's got the song, it's um, Christmas is uh, all around or 
Christmas. Yeah, Christmas is all around you. Yeah. Um, instead of love is all around yeah. you. Yeah, and so that song is kind of the theme, and he's all over the TV because he's now got the number one Christmas single, and that's where the kid gets the idea that, like, hey, everybody wants to be with this guy because he's a pop rock star. Maybe if I, you know, which is, I guess, how he ends up playing in the school band for yeah, if I learn an instrument and I play in this concert that Joanna's going to be singing in, I bet she'll fall in love with me. Yeah. So then he learns so, to play the drums. Yeah, yeah, so cut to the concert. This was a fun little trivia thing. She sings All I Want for Christmas is You. Um, turns out that this girl, Olivia Olsen, that the, her voice was actually so good that the director had it edited to make it sound more like a child singing. <laughs> like pitchy wow to make it that's pit- crazy pitchier and stuff because it was so pitch perfect and he was like i didn't want people to think it was just like her lip singing to mariah carey which if anybody knows the song by mariah carey they'd know that that's not exactly mariah carey's voice but you get the idea they'd be like this doesn't sound like a 10 year old actually singing so they add i mean it doesn't like she she does have like art i don't know what how they edited it but like it's still like she's an amazing voice well you know they yeah. have the, you know they have like auto-tuned they can also yeah. make it pitchy. Okay. They could change the okay. pitch. And they added some, like, a little bit of breaths, it said, and, like, some okay. more, like, heavy inhales to make it sound more like a child singing because her voice was so good. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So yeah. then we've got the kid. I guess the girl's going on, what, Christmas vacation? Or is she leaving the country? She's going to New York, but I'm not sure why. So he, he said she's moving back to America. So but then she's back in a month. So yeah, it doesn't that's quite what I'm saying. Up, it must be a holiday. No, it doesn't. Christmas holiday. So, and this is post 9-11, he somehow is going to take that chance and run through security. Does he push through security to go tell Joanna? What does he even say to her once he gets there? I mean, Who knows? We don't get to see it. Yeah, because the guards are right behind him and he's like, well, I better do this now. And she just gives him a wimpy, you know, she gives him a little kiss on the cheek and you're like, why am I watching a 10-year-old's love story? This is so unnecessary. She should have kissed him on the lips and Kara Knightley should have kissed the other guy on the cheek. We've reversed these. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's, it was, it's just, yeah. Like, I feel like it was all, there was, it was all like, go do it because it's romantic to run through the airport towards somebody. Like that's, it's Christmas. Go say it, go do it. Where but it's the, like, go do what? Go do like. Where are the repercussions for this kid? But it's also I as like a responsible the, parent. Yeah. To let them I'm going to send my 11-year-old off into the airport alone. To let them post 9-11, cut through security. Hopefully they won't get on a no-fly list, right? Or they yeah, don't the get most, kidnapped. The most unrealistic part of this is the guards walking back with the little boy, <laughs> leaving him, doing a brisk turnaround, never saying anything to Liam Le- Leeson, and just going back to no their, follow-up their conversation. life. Post, again, yeah. post 9-11, when everybody can be considered a threat like you know you and that joanna is right behind him to give him that kiss when a second ago she was about to board the plane and there was no one there left so it's like is she about to miss her flight yeah yeah so no but like but they really were i remember that was the storyline they really were moving to america and then it's it's like again i feel like this movie was written along the way that's why the whole airport scene at the end with her coming back doesn't make any sense yeah like but it's you know and it's a slapdash. And that's how they ended up. <laughs> and Liam Neeson bumps into Claudia Schiffer playing somebody named Carol, maybe Carol Singers. And <laughs> at the school, she's the mom of somebody. And then cut to like the month later when they're there at the airport, they're clearly dating. 
So I take issue with that. I feel like it's very distracting to bring up somebody as who they are, then present them and give them a different name as if like, yeah. I'm Carol. I just look exactly like Claudia Schiffer. No, I've been making jokes about this entire movie. Yeah. Like just, I feel like just have her be Claudia Schiffer. Like, I don't know. Just have her be Claudia it Schiffer. It is yeah. weird. It's so weird. All right. So I guess we will do Emma, uh, well, I do want to say just a quick thing. I love the Bill Nye storyline. Yeah, it's, we got to do that one. It's super interesting. He's an aging rock star who makes this Christmas cover of another one of his songs, and his whole angle in promoting it is that it's garbage. And yes, wouldn't which it I be love. funny? I love, love, love. Yeah, wouldn't it be funny if I'm number one instead of this other garbage who's like some young pop star, some like boy punk. band that's supposed to be like NSYNC or something, or like yeah. pr- probably more like 98 Degrees? And it works. Yeah, it does work. (laughs) And all the interviews, he's just acting like a total... And he says that if it does go number one, he'll play the song live naked. You know, like he'll take a strip and play the song. So he's got all these like fun incentives. Yeah. Because it's like a trash Christmas song anyway. So I feel like I I believed every bit of this story. And it's so funny when he's on the radio show and at first the DJ is like saying how shit it is. And they're like, he's here here for the interview. And the guy's like, (laughs) oh, shit. And then then he's trashing the song anyway. And he's like, oh, come on. You know, yeah. but I also love when he's on like like their version of TRL and he's like, don't do like kids don't do drugs. Become a pop singer and they give you drugs for free. Or it's like, <laughs> yeah. don't buy drugs. <laughs> yeah, I love I love that part too. But I mean, I feel like, I actually feel like this is one of the best stories in the entire movie because that, everything that's happening about it is super fun. It's already like a unique take on Christmas everything because there's a little bit of cynicism there. But then there's this heart that they find because it's like, he does get number one. He gets invited to all these parties. And instead he decides- yeah. Yeah, to Elton John's, and instead he decides to spend Christmas with his manager, which he keeps joking about not wanting to do. But then it's like, oh, we have this like really like you know we're close, like we we we're family basically. And I love that message. I think that's like that's perfect. And he says, "This is the one that I can get behind." He doesn't say Christmas is when you tell the truth. He says, "Christmas is the time to be with people you love." Yeah, which is fair. That actually which is, makes I think, sense. what Christmas is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, like, unknowingly, I love you. Like, I've ended up spending my life with you. Yeah. And then they hug, and it's awkward, and it's and it's fantastic. I, I love that whole storyline. I, yeah, I, I thought he was great. Every time he showed up, I loved it. Same. Yeah. 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 So now we go to the heart-wrenching... Uh, Emma Thompson, Alan Rickman, and the secretary, Mia. Harry, Karen, and Mia are the character names. Okay. <laughs> like, I will never remember that. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, so he has... He's the boss. We see him early, and he's got this flirty relationship with the secretary who is wholeheartedly pursuing him. Mm-hmm. And then we get the reveal a couple scenes later that he's married to Emma Thompson, and that's where your heart starts to break. Because in the beginning, you're like, oh, this this is like a cute office romance. And then it's like, no. oh, never mind. No, it's not. This is a lady who knows that he's married. Come on, you're secretary. You know what his deal is. Uh, yeah. yeah. She says things like, I'll just be hanging around the mistletoe waiting to be kissed. Oh, there's These one part where she says something, and she's sitting in front of him, and then she spreads her legs open a little bit on the chair. I'm just like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. I was just yeah, like, ah. He goes Christmas shopping with his wife on his lunch break, and she says, are you going to get me something? This is the saddest. So this was the kind of um, a famous scene, right, where mm-hmm. Mr. Bean shows up 
<laughs> and uh-huh. Rowan <laughs> Atkinson. He's taken forever to wrap this present, and he's like, hurry it up, hurry it up, because... Because he's, like, putting potpourri in the bag, <laughs> like, cinnamon, smelling it as he goes. cinnamon stick. I've worked, mm-hmm. uh, I used to work at Bloomingdale's in the fine jewelry department, and I have to say... It can be it can be weird that that section like in you. I mean, I don't know if I've ever dealt if I've ever sold anything to somebody's to somebody's mistress, but you, yeah, you probably have. Well, and in this scene too, I do feel like he's trying to rush Rowan Atkinson, and there's a part of me that feels like he could say, "It's for somebody. I'm trying to hide it." Yeah, he could have yeah, easily like been I'm like, shopping with her. Can you yeah. just like try to wrap it up? But like, although maybe he just didn't want to say that because that would make it too real what he was doing. Do you that's know what I mean? true. He picks out this beautiful necklace. Yeah. That's like 265 pounds. So like 600 bucks, roughly American dollars. just like killing me. And Emma Thompson finds, when he hangs up his coat later, she finds the box in his coat. And like she's not snooping. She just finds it, opens it. It's a beautiful necklace. And she's so moved by that because he always buys her a scarf. Yeah. So... The heart-wrenching scene where they actually exchange the gifts. I have to, I have to look up the lyrics. There was to this a moment before where the, she's like writing Christmas cards or whatever, and she talks about how she loves Joni Mitchell. Joni Mitchell yeah. is the one who taught your cold dead, cold dead British wife, wife how, to, how yeah. to feel. Yeah, and he, and they have like and they have a moment there where you see what their marriage really is, which I feel like is like a good scene because it's like he's kind of like, oh, I'll have to thank her someday, and like they have like a really good back and forth and a really good. Like, it seems like they have a good relationship. Like, you kind of... I do feel like this storyline was so well done because you really do get from Emma Thompson and, and Alan Rickman's dynamic that it's like, she would have no reason to think any Well, she sees... He dances with the secretary at Until the Christmas that, party. Yeah. <laughs> and she says to him, be careful with that one. But it's that the scene, the heartbreaking scene, which I cry every time because Emma well, Thompson wait, is a legend. Well, wait, also we see them at the dance where she's wearing the devil ears and she's like, it's all for you. You can have it. Oh, I just want to yeah, be like. Yeah, and then Emma Thompson sees them dancing together there. Like, because he really just, he's so bad. Like, I don't understand how, they, they kind of show time pass over that dance a little bit. And it's like he clearly has been ignoring Emma Thompson and hanging around Mia the whole night. And I think that some men get to a point where they want to get caught. They almost mm-hmm. don't want to be the bad guy. I mean, they, they know they're being the bad guy, but they almost want the person to break up with them. Or they want the person, it becomes like a form of self-sabotage. I feel like my ex kind of did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he even later was like, yeah, I kind of got high off the idea of maybe getting caught. Um, Yikes. Yeah. So then we've got the heart-wrenching scene where she she thinks that because the Joni Mitchell yeah so it's like it's Christmas Eve and they get to open one Christmas present and the yeah. kid picks out one for his mom to open and she's like no I want to pick because she is specifically looking for the jewelry box yeah. and she finds what we think is the jewelry box and when she opens it it's the Joni Mitchell double album and yeah. what I think is just so heartbreaking about the scene is like she Starts the scene in a place where she thinks her marriage is better than ever. He bought her this necklace, which is so out of character. Right. And then in that split second, it's like, no, actually, my marriage is over. Yeah, like, I feel like the, I think, like, her going into the bedroom and listening to it and crying, and then she has that moment that, like, really breaks my heart because she's such a good actress, like, where she starts straightening the bed and then just has to stop because it's like she's trying to physically make things better Uh, Uh, i started i started i started to cry i started to cry but also like right before that part i mean every girl i think has that moment where 
you are in that situation where all of a sudden you want to burst into tears and you're in front of people and you're like, I just need to keep it together till I get, get to the another room. Yeah. And then it's like, I just need to keep it together until I can get to my car where I can cry by myself or something. It's like such a relatable moment. Of oh, like, God. The tears are coming and you're just trying so hard to like keep it at bay. Oh, yeah. I've done that at so many dinners where I've had to just be like, I'm going to use the restroom real quick and then I sob in the bathroom or like, oh, my I've God. I've had those moments at work where like yeah, I get yeah. bad news at work and it's like, okay, no, no, that's – I just I have to go to the bathroom real quick. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, it's just too much ice cream or whatever. And then the song, you know, where it says – um. Um, and now it's just another show and you leave them laughing when you go. And if you care, don't let them know. Don't give yourself away. And I've looked at love from both oh. sides now from give and take. It's still somehow it's love's illusions that I recall. I really don't know love, really don't know love at all. Uh, oh my God. What a, like, that's what's playing. That's the part that's playing. And then yeah. I just started crying. She's such a good actress. Like you said, she's straightened out the bed and then she kind of just leans forward and you know, she's trying to oh, compose that herself. Was like- and then, and then also the other part that breaks my heart is like her like leaving the room because they're all trying to go to that same Christmas, the Christmas concert, the Christmas concert, and, and then she like leaves and in the hall does the like kind of tries to get herself together, try to make sure like okay, okay, like almost like fanning the tears away, like okay, I have to be, I have to change masks now, and then she does yeah. so so successfully because she's such a good mom that she's not going to like let this and what does she get in say the way to him at the concert before the kids come out well right before but i but that part where she runs into hugh grant this is the part that breaks my heart because she's having this horrible moment and she runs into her brother and she's like yeah she's like yeah. i really needed you i can't believe you never come to these i'm thank you so like it means so much and he had no idea and it's like Emma Thompson is just having the shittiest men in her life. And it's so fucked up, right? She's like, I really needed you here. And then at the end, it's like, oh, there's my brother making out with somebody on stage. This is okay. All right. That's what it was for. That's yeah. why he's there. All right. He's not there to see He's me. not here for me. Yeah. And then she confronts Alan Rickman after the play. And it's – she's saying, like, what would you do if you found out that your husband was having – had given a necklace to somebody else? Yeah. Is it – a necklace? Is it a necklace and sex? Yeah. Or is it a necklace and love? Yeah. And then she says what I think is like, it's amazing that there can be such amazing dialogue in this movie mixed with such terrible dialogue. But like, this is perfect. She says like that he's made a mm. mockery of their marriage and of her. And I felt like... Yeah, well, he says, he says, um, I've been a classic fool. And she says, yes, but you've made me a fool. And you've made the life I lead look foolish. Except that's That's it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just, and it's so true. I mean, and if there was a truth bomb to drop around Christmas, this is the only one that really pays off, I think. I, I, I have to say for, for me, this was the, this was the um, vignette as sad as it was that felt very realistic. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. It felt very, especially, I hated that part. It just like stung my heart where you see the mistress putting on the necklace and she just looks in her like purple lit weird apartment that's like all like looks like a set like that was so I hated she looks like like such a floozy and she's like look at this little necklace I just got she looked like she was like modeling for Fredericks of Hollywood like thank you yeah Yeah, it just like it made me so mad I just was like and you're just like and here's this woman and she's looking at framed photos of her kids that she has with this man yeah you got her a CD I just Right. It's just also the idea that she thinks she has a good marriage. It's not like she's starting from a place of, like, things are in trouble. Right. Um, it's so much harder to realize that 
everything has fallen apart and you didn't know. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I think that that, no, I, I feel like this is the storyline that makes this movie worth watching, probably. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's Hugh Grant dancing, which is just the rom-com thing you want out of a movie. And then there's this, which is like the real relationship drama mixed with all this other, you know, fluff, really. Because I would have to say, if I could choose, I would probably pick, like, if I could only choose three, I think I would pick Colin and the American Girls. Yes. I would mm-hmm. pick... Um, on that. Karen, Harry, and Mia, which is the Alan Rickman, um, Emma Thompson one. And I would... And Bill Nye. And I would pick Bill Nye. That would be it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bill that, Nye those, is, yeah, is in... Yeah. He's the rock star. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a, but I, I, I will star. say those are those are mine as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, a thousand percent. Yeah, those those were the ones. Ah, oh, she's such a good actress. She should have gotten an Oscar for that performance, by the I, way. It was, like, it was that, that good. Scene. I think this movie let her down in making her eligible for that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but because it's, like, it's not an Oscar. Because it's a terrible movie, and she just actually elevated it because she's Emma Thompson. But, yeah. It, and every year I watch that, it stays good. I know. It no, doesn't. Somehow it's like unchanged by time. It's because it's such a, it's a timeless, real, heartbreaking moment. And you um, know, there's so many people who deal with that every Christmas. Oh, yeah. When she says that line about, but you've made a fool out of me, that's the part that I feel like is so well um, executed because I think that that's something that you never really think of how to phrase when you're getting yeah. cheated on, yeah. which is that... The cheater never thinks about how this reflects on you. Yeah. They're only thinking of themselves. Yeah. They're not thinking of like, oh, this makes you look stupid. Yeah. yeah. And feel stupid and all of those things. She got her hopes up too, which also makes you feel like so stupid, you know. I can't believe that I let myself think that. I think yeah, that, that was for me. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I I feel like she would have had every right to though because it's just like – Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, it's your husband. It's your it's husband. Your, it's your husband and like you should be able to think that that's for you. Yeah. Who else would it be for? Grandma? Yeah. You know? Like, like I – I don't know. I don't, yeah, and he's also just like Alan Rickman does a really good job too of being this guy who's like he's he's holding back. He thinks he's holding back from Mia for a little while, and then he calls her right before meeting with Emma Thompson to go on the shopping date. And I feel like that moment is like that's a deciding moment, you know, because yeah. that's like when he's really deciding to go down that road. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love Alan Rickman. He's such a good actor. Yeah, no, and he does a good he good, does a good job with this. I feel like it's like it's this this whole storyline is treated so much differently than the other ones in the movie. <laughs> and I I do feel like the issue with this movie as a whole is that it's like trying to be every different kind of romantic, not just rom com, but movie romantic movie in general in one, while also being a Christmas movie. I mean, it's just wearing too many clothes. When it kind of makes you think of that scene when um, we've got Colin Firth uh, talking to, I can't remember her name, and she's like, what kind of book is it? And she's like, is it scary? She's she's like asking him about the book that he's writing, and she's like, is it scary? Is it kind of this? Is it kind of that? And doesn't he say it's kind of like everything? Yeah. yeah it's kind of <laughs> like this movie. Yeah. You know? It's, it's like a catch-all. Like, yeah. It's so weird that this is such a movie that people will watch every year because yeah. it's like, why? <laughs> it's the music. It's the music in Emma Thompson and Bill Nye. I have seen it so many times, and those three th- elements suck me in the every time. The music is great. But to me, it's like Dido, Kelly Clarkson, Nora Jones, and Kira Knightley's Paperboy Hat 
make this movie not timeless. It really cements this in 2003. Yeah. Also, oh my God. and I love it. Also, Kira Knightley's hair for her wedding. It's like it's like that thing oh, they do. Strands. Yeah, the little teeny strands that you pull out. Like they always do that on Pen Fifteen. And I'm like, I spot cannot over <laughs> the fact that she was 18. I can't either. I hate it. Uh, well, it does excuse all of her behavior. I mean, at least the kiss, like running after him and giving him a kiss. Because she's a child. Because she's a child. <laughs> just yeah. like, holy shit, 18 years old? Because they usually get people to play young. You know what I yeah. mean? Mm-hmm. Usually yeah. you'd think they'd get a 30-year-old to, pay, to play a 25-year-old. She's, she's got the Scarlett Johansson thing where Scarlett Johansson would play, and like Jennifer Lawrence, mm-hmm. where they're playing like 27, 28, and they're like 20. Wow. Jennifer Lawrence played like a 40-year-old in that movie about the like inventor or whatever of the QVC lady, whatever that was. Oh, yeah, Joy. Yeah. Wow. But it's so it's a Christmas classic, and I had yeah. never seen it other than just walking by the TV, and now I've seen it, and I, I I'm so glad you're included in this now yeah. in this Love Actually world, and thank you for coming on. Yeah, of course. This is so much fun. Yeah, do you want to promote anything? Your Instagram? Uh, yeah, my Instagram is at C Blomquirk, so it's kind of like my last name but more fun. <laughs> Yeah, I regularly post when I have stuff, and then um, also, like, I always, I also write uh, comedy articles for Lady Spike ah. Media, so if you're ever looking for content from me, there are always silly little snippets uh, of, of trashy, fun articles <laughs> I love there. it. I love reading that kind of stuff. I love it. That's I've some, read some of your articles. Yeah. They're always funny. Oh, I'm going to definitely check them out. That <laughs> sounds you. awesome. Thank you so much for being on, yeah. and I hope that you have an amazing Christmas. Same with you, Jess. Yes. And, um, Same to you, Chloe. Yeah. And just remember, this is the time to tell the truth. It is. Tell the truth. Tell your kids the truth about Christmas (laughs) every year. All right. Yay, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.